0: Hey, everybody. Tom and Keith with you. A tip of the cap to the Dunlap Champions Club, which allows us to bring front row knolls to you via the podcast commercial free each and every week.
1: You know, one of the things that's interesting is we've now got a a little bit of um, the season under the belt and people are familiar with the Champions Club, uh, enjoying all the uh, club level amenities, the food, the soft drinks, access to beer, wine, mixed drinks. Uh, You got to check this place out. If you hadn't had a tour, Make sure you call 850-583-9066, line one. You can set up a tour. You can also call that number to buy your tickets. Uh, but it's something you should educate yourself about before you make the decision not to, because I think once you get in there and look at it, you'll go, I want
0: to. It's a tr- it's a tremendous experience for sure. And you don't have to buy the, the full season. You can do a half season package, which uh, you can choose the Miami or Louisville games in any two of the other four games. Uh, So basically, you can spend three games in the Dunlap Champions Club, test drive it, sample it, figure out if it's for you. We encourage you to do so, and we thank them for their support. Now, Front Row Knowles.
2: Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank studios in the capital city of Tallahassee. This is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith.
0: Hello and greetings one and all from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Tom Block and Keith Jones with you. KJ, good to see you. Good to see you, Tommy. It's always a highlight of the week. Not that I get to sit next to you, but that I get to enjoy some football conversation because that's not what I do all day every day. So let's do it. And we're right in the middle of it. We are right in the middle of it, although I did confess to you before we started that I'm ready to play the season because I'm sorta at the point already where I'm afraid to read the practice report. For fear of those dreaded
1: words was carted off. Was
0: carted off. Yes, so far. Florida State has
1: uh, has been good. and sounds, good sounds like the only thing they've been battling is some kind of a flu bug or some type of thing where people have suffered from an illness. Yeah, guys missing a day or two here and there doesn't bother me at all. You know,
0: we're in the soft age now, KJ. They don't practice twice a day. They have to acclimate. No pads for several days. Hydration it's, breaks. Hydration breaks. It's actually downhill to the practice fields both ways in air conditioned tunnels now compared to what you had to do with no snow and they get to wear shoes. Any fallout uh, reaction that hasn't been hashed and rehashed from Sunday's open practice
1: and media day and all that? Uh, The thing that tickled me is there was no um, disturbance. Remember? Oh, no weather? Well, that and and no blow-ups. Remember one one of those Sunday practices, I think, uh, was it Jalen that got kicked out of practice? Might have been. Uh, I mean, usually there is something that happens that everybody goes, ooh, wow, that's different. But there was none of that. And how about this? Is there anything Coach Fisher is not happy with right now? Have you been listening to the post-game videos? By the way, thank you, Elliot, and, and uh, company for posting and Com, Yeah. And yeah. Uh,
0: I have been. That will change at some point. There's a scrimmage coming up this weekend. And even if it's the best scrimmage in the history of scrimmages, fault will be found somewhere because at some point you have to get some ire from Jimbo. I guess. I guess. It hasn't happened yet, though. It. Ha- but you know what, though? This goes back to the conversation we had last week to some degree. It's a more experienced football team. It's not. That's not always the case. We trotted out the defensive numbers from a year ago to what they returned this year. So you would expect that defensively they would look better, play assignment sound football and that there would be less for Jimbo to be uh critical about critical of you know well, that's not to say that he's not going to be in that everybody's going to hear everything perfect but there the experience does play a part in that
1: the one thing that i haven't had questioned and i have not been up there uh, i'll will try to get up there sometime between now and next week's show uh, the one thing that i haven't heard Jimbo specifically address and i know it's been early they've only, only been in pads a couple of days Uh, but remember he was very frustrated with this group in spring uh, with the with the t-word toughness and I haven't heard him complain about lack of but I'd be interested to hear him comment on how he feels the team has responded to that call both in the spring and getting better over the summer some of that is maturity too though I would because it's it's knowing how
0: to practice every day you can't just be tough because you're playing Miami you got to do it every day and when you're young, and that's where I think when you look at last year, you know, Derwin went down, uh, and though there was a lot of talent out there, there were a lot of guys that, you know, were younger than who had been there the year before. That, I mean, more better athletes than Terrence Smith and Reggie Northrop, but those but, guys but were not, out there.
1: not as experienced, no yeah, question. Yeah. Uh, and, and, again, we always go back to the Louisville game, but I will also tell you the other thing about experience is – there were three or four times during that Louisville game when, when Florida state could have shut down that juggernaut and they did not. And that allowed Louisville to get all the momentum and hits the 60 plus points and all that. That's also maturity. And so, uh, a lot of positive things to go along with, with some experience.
0: I guess what we're saying, and I know, uh, and the seminal headlines guys do a great job and I haven't listened to all this week's show, but it feels like almost on a weekly basis and granted, they're, uh, the the questions they receive sort of take them there but it becomes a therapy session because it's like oh let's bring up the 2012 nc state game let's bring up 2016 louisville let's go back to the wide rights let's go back to 2002 at louisville what other games can we bring up just so we feel better and who do we blame for them um but you know coaches end up being better coaches when they have you got to have talent and the talent's not questioned but when it's talent that knows where it's supposed to be i.e it's more experienced all of a sudden the coaches look better
1: what makes you better success or adversity and I've always found that it's been adversity that has made me better well you shared the story last week about Mississippi State
0: scoring 112 points on Whatever you guys in the it second yeah, half I mean, and it you remember forever
1: you just that stays with you
0: yeah well it, it will be interesting to see uh, how this team develops certainly there I think there is a lot of reason to be excited and optimistic and it's on both sides of the ball quite frankly the defense just watching Derwin play and getting to see him play is going to be a joy. But there's a lot of – I mean, just look at this year's team defensively. And we talked about the numbers of returning tacklers. But in terms of NFL guys, and I'm not saying they're all going to go this year, but some of them could. Josh Sweat is an NFL guy. Derek Noddy's an NFL guy. Matthew Thomas is going to get a chance at the NFL. McFadden's an NFL guy. I'm talking this year's draft. Derwin James is an NFL Gone. guy. This Might be a draft. top five pick. Jacob Pugh. I mean, just just – this year, you're talking about seven guys who could be in the NFL draft next year. And then, that's without
1: getting to other guys down the line. And then you throw in a guy like a Nate Andrews, who, who I would equate with uh, Javian. You know, he, he's probably not got the pro stats. Yeah, I don't know that height, he's the height. athlete
0: Javian is, but you're talking about he's going to know the assignments and, 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 and
1: may get a chance. And if he gets in the right club, you know, you could have someone like an Andrews catch on for a year or two in the NFL
0: my opinion yeah there's just a lot of reason to be excited nobody talks about the specialists Keith Cottrell I had conversation with him this week you know Keith former FSU punter he was giving me a hard time he said yep there you guys go you spent an hour talking 58 minutes about offense one minute about defense and nothing about special teams so Keith this one's for you what would you like to say about the special
1: teams I'm I'm excited with a little bit of trepidation to see Derwin James returning kicks we've talked about that I don't I don't have a problem with the punts because you can protect yourself. Keith
0: Keith won't count this. He wants us to talk about the specialists. I'm
1: intentionally not. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about return guys. You said kicking game. I did say kicking game. You would think, sorry, sorry. You would think that,
0: that both the kicker and punter would be more consistent as sophomores than they were as freshmen. And you know, the punt coverage team, if you look at the numbers was abysmal last year. And some of that was mistakes by the coverage team some of that was mistakes by the punter Hunter. punting the wrong way a couple of times mishitting punts hopefully no that's
1: gone from and and again that goes back to the experience and the more reps and the more times you do it the better you get at it i need to mention
0: to our folks that uh they have meatball mondays uh, at centrale why do they do that to even us? though why I, do they do that here's us? the here's the kicker even though i mention this every week i actually ate
1: at centrale this week on monday and didn't get meatball. Well, let's see, I, I can't I get within five miles got, of that place. or my, I'm just like an automatic.
0: They've got the 11 for 11 lunch special, and I don't, de- you know, once you find a a success, a home run, why deviate? Why are you going to change your swing, right? So I always get the quattro, which is the chicken parm, and I'm a sucker for the chicken parm sandwich. So there you go. Go to Centrale. You can, if, if you want to explore and diversify, feel free. Next time you see me there, I'll probably be getting the chicken parm sandwich again. Next
1: time you see me there, I'll be having some meatballs.
0: We've got a uh, special guest lined up next segment, and I may just sit this one out because Keith is going to relive the glory days with one of his former teammates uh, and a pretty doggone good football player, too. Uh, We talk about DBU, and this guy uh, played a long time in the NFL as a cornerback with the Atlanta Falcons, made plenty of headlines on the field, and made a lot of headlines last week because years after the fact, he came back And earned his degree from Florida State. Bobby Butler joins us next on Front Road Knowles. back on front row knolls hope you guys are having a great work week a great wednesday tom and keith with you and we're really pleased to bring a former knoll former knoll doesn't sound right once a knoll always a knoll but as we go to the earl bacon agency hotline uh, the earl bacon agency ensuring your future together we say hello to uh, one of the all-time greats at fsu bobby butler who was a teammate of kj's and keith i'm gonna let you do the heavy lifting but bobby how are you just say what's going on bb
3: What's going on, my brother? It's always good to hear from you.
0: I, as I mentioned, I'm going to let Keith ask most of the questions, but okay. th- we've had a little debate in here. There there seems to be this, this uh, conversation among Keith and I. <laughs> did, did you make him or did he make you?
3: Well, let me tell you something. He made me. Because one thing about Mr. Jones, he was always where he was supposed to be when he had to be there. So I could always count on him being in the right spot at the right time. <laughs> Made my life easy. Well,
1: and between the two of us, Bobby had the speed, and and uh, BB, you may not know this. I don't think I've ever mentioned it to you, but the one and only time Coach Bowden ever introduced me, uh-huh. he he says uh, I was he was asked to describe me, and he said he had, that I had accuracy of movement. <laughs> he said he said Jones was always where he needed to be because if he ever got out of space, he didn't have enough speed to recover. <laughs>
3: Well, I, I, I tell you, you are accurate. You are always where you're supposed to be. I always say this about you. You are one of the most intelligent football players I've ever
1: played. With. Well, I appreciate that, BB. I appreciate that. Speaking of intelligence, and uh, and I'll add in perseverance. Most of our listeners have seen the the, the newspaper. We've talked about a little bit, but uh, one uh, Robert Butler goes back and gets his degree <laughs> thirty seven years after leaving Florida State. How in the world? What in the world? What was? That, well, how was? What was that like?
3: Well, well, let me tell you something. It was crazy, right? And um, at my age, going back to school, you know, keep remember back in the 70s and early 80s, there, there was no personal computers. We had no Word document. We had no power. We had none of stuff. <laughs> it was an old school way of studying and taking notes and doing those kind of things. And so I was kind of outdated. To, um, I thank God I had help for my kids.
1: I, it's amazing uh, i i mentioned to tom uh and i hope you you won't mind me sharing this but uh, you and i talked mm-hmm. last week when uh when mm-hmm. the article first came out and and i, I we talked on a thursday morning Mm-hmm. And I was congratulating you on getting your degree. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, and t- t- Tommy, he goes, KJ, wait a minute. I got a final on Friday. I still got to pass. <laughs> I, I
2: got to pass that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: yeah, it, it was tough, too, man. I'm telling you. But I, I, I got out of there with a uh, flat color. So I'm, I'm happy about it. So we, we're actually finished right now. We're done. Everything is in the bank and um, i'm waiting to get my degree in
0: the mail well congratulations to you You know i talked to some of the folks at at fsu and they there's a there's a handful of players that uh, have been out a few years that are back working on it including Jameis winston and and devontae freeman Mm -hmm. but uh, Mm -hmm. ashton henderson at florida state uh, told me that you know i mean you're you're a rarity to be as far removed as you were to go to go Mm -hmm. back and get that degree so i'm curious how far or how many credits short were you and and when and what motivated you to, <laughs> to to go back and chase this?
3: Well, you know, the crazy thing, Keith, when I left there um in 81, I had 8 hours to get my degree. Those 8 hours turned into 30 hours 36 years later. And so, <laughs> um, it's crazy, right? So Monk always tried to be a comeback. Monk and I had come all the years. And um, I just couldn't stop my life to come back to Tallahassee to do my last 30 hours. And so I can't do it now. I can't come back to Tallahassee. I can't just drop everything and come back. Well, thank God for online school. And um, so we're able to get it done.
0: What I know that uh, I saw you quoted talking about. You know, you basically you need to practice what you preach because you've been telling your kids Absolutely. you need to get your degree. And Absolutely. yet and yet uh in your in your mind that was a little hollow because you didn't have yours. So what is what has the reaction been from your family and your kids?
3: Oh, it, it's been crazy. Matter of fact, they're so happy that I'm done because I'm 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 a kinda how can I say it? I can't study like the kids today, so everything has to be silent in the house. If they make a little noise, I get upset and I get all over them so they're happy for me to be done, but Bought me and, uh, um, and you know, all, everybody in the family has their degree. My baby boy is still working on his; he'll be done next um, spring. But um, everybody's going to be college educated. Well, what a, what a lot
1: of people may not know, we've talked about the fact you spent twelve years with the Falcons, uh, but mm-hmm. there's a there's another Butler in the NFL these days.
3: Oh, absolutely! My uh, second son Bryce um, Butler, uh, wide receiver. keeps you know it, it's real. God has a great sense of humor, right? So. You know you know my size. I'm 5'11". I come to college at uh, 5'11". I weighed 145 pounds my first year.
1: One 140, That's 145, folks. 145.
3: 145. <laughs> and then four years later, I graduated. I got drafted. I was 155 pounds.
1: Yeah, you put on oh. weight. That weight program.
3: <laughs> and, 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 right. And the, and the most uh, I ever weighed as a professional was 172 pounds my last year. And my son Bryce is 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver. And outrun his dad that's crazy i I tell my son garrett
1: i tell my middle child garrett my only son bb uh, who you've only met once but when he was little but uh, my son garrett is six foot two 220 that's crazy and every time every time he annoys me every time he gets under my skin i just remind him that if i was if i had his size i might have had an nfl
3: career (laughs) that was a Exactly,
0: right? <laughs> we're,
1: we're,
3: That's
0: ta- crazy, man. we're talking with so crazy. Uh, former and old Bobby Butler. Bobby, uh, sticking with the football theme in your position, obviously you had great NFL success. You know, more recent generations. Uh, well, nowadays, if you talk to kids that are in their twenties, when they think of DBs from Florida State, they're going to think about Jalen Ramsey. I came through in the in the Dion and Leroy Butler and, and Terrell Buckley days. But uh, you were sort of at the starter, the front end of that line, I guess, of uh, of defensive backs who, who went on to great NFL success out of FSU. So, what what kind of a pride point is that for you as you look back at the long lineage now of guys who've succeeded at that position in the NFL?
3: I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's um, you know I'll, I can't take credit for Ben. Um, I mean, we had some, we have, and also played for the Steelers and won four Super Bowl ring. And then we had a great corner named Bobby Jackson that played. Uh, I we played with him one year, my freshman year, and I had a great career with the New York Jets. So
0: we're having some, uh, obviously some connection issues there with his phone but oh, talk- okay.
3: yeah we- are you me? yeah listening? no
0: we can still hear you and i know you referenced jt thomas who of course won several rings with the with the steelers
3: he was a great football player and then we had guys like bobby jackson who uh played with keith and i when we were freshmen uh he had a great pro career cornerback for new york jets and so you know the program evolved and you know in the state of florida you, you, you get your pick of recruits and I'm quite sure every now and then you'll find a corner
1: somewhere in all that speed in South Florida. Bobby, uh, we'd we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that Coach Bowden had two uh, defensive coordinators in his entire career at Florida State. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Mickey Andrews, who who I now consider a very good friend. I've gotten to know uh, over his uh, Uh almost 30 years in Tallahassee, but our defensive coordinator, uh, yes. Jack Stanton, who is uh, struggling a little bit from a health standpoint, but mm-hmm. uh, he went on to coach in the NFL after leaving FSU and has quite a lineage uh, at the pro ranks uh, in terms of people right. remembering. Some of the things we did were very innovative for the day. They'd be very rudimentary and very simplistic in today's environment, but right. some of the things we did in the late 70s were, were quite phenomenal uh, on the defensive side of the ball.
3: Well, I, I can say this, Chief. When I came to Atlanta um, – I had seen it all. The, the only thing I had to learn was the new terminology. We played everything. We played uh, trail technique, cover one, what they call cover one spec, you know, which is twenty-two man. Uh, we played everything. I was I was fully prepared for the league after going through Florida State.
1: And then uh, you got messed up, and Jackie actually followed you to Atlanta.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna tell you something. I, you know, I don't I don't I don't know if I told you this, but. I really believe he resurrected my career because, you know, Coach Stanton, he coaches one way. He coaches every little detail. He coaches performance. I don't care if the ball is coming at you or not. You better be running to the ball. And so you're conscious of every little thing you're doing. And so, you know, as a pro, you get to lose that because you're not coached that way. You better show up with it. Nobody's going to motivate you. Nobody's going to push you that hard. But when he came to Atlanta, I tell you what, it was all—it was FSU all over again for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking so, of, yeah, he—he re, really resurrected my career.
1: Speaking of that, uh, as we wrap up here, and, and again, uh, we're talking with Bobby Butler, uh, former Florida State All-American and uh, 12-year veteran in NFL. Uh, we lost one of the great Seminoles last November, mine and your good first and uh, friend, yeah. and Monk Bonasort. And uh, yeah. I, 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 there's not a day goes by I don't think about uh, about Francis. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I, I tell you, I, I went to, I was home this week for a funeral. My grandmother passed, and the jacket that I wore to his service had the button number 42 on it. And I left it on there, and I just saw it uh, this weekend and uh, brought back those memories. And yeah, we lost a great one. A, a dear brother. Um, it's amazing how football, the game of football, brings people together from all different walks of life, all different religions. You know, all different, everything. And so you and I and the friendship, the brotherhood that we've uh, formed in the mid-'70s and uh, early-'80s, listen, I'll never forget it, and I'll never forget him. He was just a positive, great, great man.
1: Bobby, congratulations. It's uh, 37 years after the fact, but uh, I I couldn't be more proud of and for you. Thank you for the great example that you are.
3: Well, thank you, my man. Thank you. Thank you. And, guys, I wish you guys the best.
0: Hey, we appreciate it. When are you going to get your master's, by the way? Are you starting that program
3: in the fall? <laughs> My wife says she's not going to let me do it. <laughs> she said, I'm too mean when school is going off. <laughs> All
0: right, Bobby Butler, thank you so much.
3: See you, B.B. All right, thank you, guys. All right, baby. That's
0: good stuff. You get uh, you get former teammates together. You just kind of stay out of the way and let them go, and I know that brings back some uh, memories for you, K.J.
1: Uh, I made the comment to him when we talked Um one of the last times we talked i mean and and this is going to come across as maybe politically incorrect so just stay with me for a minute but you got an african-american from south florida delray beach who comes from a pentecostal church his dad was a pentecostal minister you got a yankee catholic from pittsburgh and you got a redneck southern baptist from wildwood now, I don't know what. And all three walk into a bar. Uh, all, all three walk <laughs> into a bar. Uh, but all three walk onto a football field as youngsters in 1977 and leave uh, four years later with a bond that uh, can never be broken, even though we've lost Monk, and a friendship, and an admiration, and a love that is uh, unique and unlike anything you can get in any other environment. Now, to be fair for our veterans out there, I've, I've never been in the military. And I've been told that the military experience will will bring that same type of camaraderie. I don't know that because I was never in the military. But I do know that athletics, and particularly football, does bring that. And uh, I love Bobby Butler. uh, I love Monk Bonasort, and I'm not ashamed to tell anybody. That is well stated. We will uh, continue this week's edition of Front Row Knowles right
0: after this.
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener Online at ctf.nu Here's Tom and Keith Now the defense is the bright spot For MSU this year With Simmons in the middle The
0: fans can really cheer The linebackers and line
1: her back and butler jones and joe answer prayers with monk He just on, had to bring that up I had to bring it up
0: You know obviously I've heard that uh, ballad before and I've known you a lot of years I never actually listened to the lyrics to hear the butler jones and ivory joe answer prayers from monk
1: yep yeah I get 2 cents residual every time that's played I've made four cents in the last 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> and you only
0: get the residuals if it's actually an LP that plays. I right?
1: guess. I guess. Uh... <laughs> the ballad
0: of Bobby Bell. We appreciate Bobby Butler joining us uh, on the show. That was a good conversation. And congratulations to him. I have nothing like that kind of perspective to share with him. I went back and did my master's in my early 30s. And so I was 10 years older than most of the folks in the classroom. Now he was But you doing did online. classroom work. I did classroom work. And I felt like I was 112 yep. hanging out with a bunch of 22-year-olds at that point. Now, he did distance learning, but nevertheless, to, get, to go back – this is a funny story I like to tell. Just in the time from when I went through the first time to the second time, I sat in the first class. In the last class of the semester, I asked the professor when and where he was going to post grades. And everybody in the class looked at me like I was a moron because – blackboard the online site had been developed i hadn't looked at that the entire semester to realize that's where they were posting it. and this folks this was not in 1964 this was uh, well that first class i guess was probably 2003 when i took that but i had graduated the first time in 1991 so in that decade plus i, I but, fell off and that's so that's the bobby's point about he didn't microsoft word and pa- and we should point out one thing we didn't point out with him it's not like he didn't have an ultra-successful career times two. Times one,
1: two, exactly. Once in the NFL and then post-NFL. So this was not a matter of him going back. He, because doesn't, he doesn't need a job, folks. He, he don't work. Right. He travels around with his kids and pros uh, foundation, and uh, he does a lot of public speaking in the Atlanta area. And, uh, I mean, Bobby's active, and he gets up and goes somewhere every morning, but uh, he doesn't have a job. Yeah, because he's so – I mean,
0: he really did do it to to practice what he preaches there with his kids. So, congratulations. We'll put a, a tie a bow on this story, and then uh, Tim Linnefeld, dot Seminoles.com insider, will join us uh, next segment. We'll bring it back to the, the current edition of the Knowles. But I did want to mention, and many of you saw the paper, the article that Jim Henry wrote last week in the Tallahassee Democrat about this, which is what uh, led to us having Bobby on. But uh, Derek Gibson just graduated. Uh, earlier this year, Josue Matias came back and finished. So, in talking to the folks at FSU, they feel like they've uh, you know they got a good – uh, representation of the Bowden era into the Jimbo era. Uh you know, Josue Matias is more current day. Derek Gibson was uh you know the in Tell, the tail end of Bobby's tenure, no question. Right. And then and then Bobby from the early part. But uh other guys that uh are in right now. Devontae Freeman, and we haven't even touched on today's show that he's now the highest paid running back in the NFL. He's working on his degree. Uh, Jameis Winston is taking courses right now. Now the football guys tend to take their courses in the spring because they're a little busy in the fall. The baseball guys who come back tend to take their courses in the fall because they have spring training and summer ball. Um, Ernie Sims, PK Sam, Leon Washington are all finishing up degrees right now and i'm told and this one is going to be atypical because most of those guys do it as distance learning uh anton smith is going to be back in school on campus i'm told this fall uh after what seven years in the nfl probably he finished up with the bucks last year i think so anyway it's interesting to see that uh and good for them that they come back and do this
1: uh on the other side of it and we'll talk about this more uh probably next uh, uh spring and fall during our dead times but i i i Pull back materials and stuff for slow time. Uh, I'll just share a little bit of it, but there are nearly a thousand athletes that will be participating in Division I football this year that already have their degree. A thousand have already graduated, but are still have a year of eligibility left. So you've got both sides of that spectrum. And uh, they they truly represent student athletes as not just football players.
0: Well, and it was just yesterday, if we go bigger picture here, that the UCLA quarterback, Josh Rosen, made some comments to Bleacher Report that basically said you can't be a football player and be a student. Now, you're a three-time academic All-American. You're going to take issue with that. And I understand why, because in some respects, that's like saying you can't be a parent and have a job. I mean, you can have multiple full-time jobs, and if you're arguing that being a college football player is one, which I would agree, you can still do other things and, and be a student. I think the bigger issue, and we don't have time to solve this thing right now, but if you want to look completely at the picture, the way the system is set up is there's not an option to play pro football without going to play college football. So the system... Uh, allows for students who maybe aren't properly prepared to be in college as college students mm-hmm. to go in, and then we act surprised when they don't have ultimate success and, and, in the classroom.
1: And how many student athletes make it to the pros? You know what the percentage is?
0: Well, I've seen the NCA
1: commercials. It's two percent, right? So you better get that degree, right?
0: Yeah, I was just—I mean, he—the headline is what you know. Uh, raise the sat scores at alabama and see how many championships whatever i'm paraphrasing but it was basically that that was the clickbait headline i'm just suggesting that if the nfl with its billions of dollars wanted to fund a minor league then many guys might apt, opt to skip the college experience and go play minor league football i would tell you that there would be nobody in the stands and nobody watching oh i agree i agree so that's that's what, that's they, I can do that that's what i'm saying I, i'm not saying i'm advocating for it i'm just saying it is what it is i'm trying to be nice i know you're, I can tell that you're holding back. You don't. You don't want to. Open. Uh, you don't not, want to go I'm, into this
1: conversation. I'm not going to go go down that rabbit hole today.
0: Should we pencil it in? I mean, we've got July next year. Should we pick a date right now, Matthew? Not, would you make a note, please? Make, make a note next July because <laughs> Keith is Keith is really holding back right now. Let's go back to Devontae Freeman then. Uh, so this comes on the news on the heels of the news two weeks ago that Xavier Rhodes is now like the number three paid defensive back in the NFL, and that's a guy that Jimbo moved from receiver to cornerback had to convince him and ultimately was successful Devonte freeman is a guy that was a backup running back when jimbo and college recruiters were there to look at the guy in front of him and i can't recall who it was nobody was looking at It's too small and jimbo said small. that guy is better than the starter and he was a zero star guy and he offered him and now here we are and as we sit here right now He's the highest-paid running back in the NFL. It
1: goes back to the old saying that uh, is tried and true. You can't measure heart. You can't measure heart. And, by the way, talking about money, uh, and, and I don't like to necessarily, but how about uh, our boy uh, Corey Clark getting a little newsworthy uh, notoriety. He went back and looked at the 29 draft picks that Florida State had over that three-year period, 13 to 16. Uh, 13 to 15, maybe, whatever it was, but 29 draft picks. So far, those 29 FSU athletes have made over $160 million in the NFL.
0: Well, and just wait, and maybe he has a spreadsheet to do it because when James's contract Ooh. is up, that's going to be $150 million a year. Ooh. Telvin Smith's going to get a nice second. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are going to get a nice second contract. I think when you look back historically, Florida State folks look at that 2013 team and recognize that it was truly one of the all time greats. College football fans as a whole do not because all of the Jameis stuff was going on. And so if you're an average fan and not a Florida State fan, you, you tuned it out. You tuned it out and you dismiss it. I think. Ultimately, that 2013 team will be in the discussion with you know the early 2000s Miami teams. Pick your other teams, mid-90s Nebraska. And what will help that argument is when you see what these guys have done at the NFL level. So, for example, the early 2000 Canes, well, we have the perspective of their full NFL careers to look back and say, well, Andre Johnson was pretty good and uh, and Ed Reed and Sean Taylor and other guys that played at that time, and I don't have their roster in front of me. So 10 or 12 years from now, if you look back and Devontae Freeman was a 10-year NFL guy and Jameis Winston wins a Super Bowl and Kelvin Benjamin plays for 10 years and we're not even talking about the defensive side of the ball then we're going to look back and say wait a minute they were all on the same team That was a pretty good football team very good yeah so congratulations to Devontae we'll uh, ask our Seminoles.com insider Tim Linnefeld to uh, share his best Devontae Freeman story when the front row Knowles rolls on Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Time to welcome our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt to the program as we go back to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? Good. I'm not sure of the particulars of your new deal with Seminoles.com, and I didn't check today to see if your mugshot is up there, but I'm just going to guess that it's probably not a five-year, $41.25 million extension with $22 million guaranteed, including $15 million to sign today. Would I be correct?
4: Well, it's close to that, but no, not quite.
0: Okay. So, so Devontae Freeman has got one
1: up on you is what you're saying.
4: He's got a few up on me. <laughs> a few up on me.
0: I teased before the break, Tim, that uh, I knew you would have a Devontae Freeman story of some sort because we all do. Matter of fact, I tweeted out earlier today when I saw the news to me, and there's actually several guys that could, could do this, but he might be the most likely guy that, that's going to win NFL Man of the Year from FSU again to join that Esteemed list that's Derek Brooks and Warwick Dunn and Anquan Bolden. And, uh, you know, Xavier Rhodes, who was in the news a couple of weeks ago, he's probably a guy that could win that someday. Jameis Winston could. But anyway, the point being, Devontae Freeman, pretty good guy off the football field, too.
4: Oh, yeah. You know, I, I tweeted out uh, when we that deal was announced that there's a lot of guys that come through here that have gone on to pro careers and a lot of really, really popular players. And I don't mean to slight anyone, but I don't know that anybody uh, is more beloved uh, both by the fan base and by the, the people at Florida State. Uh, inside the building and Devonte Freeman, just kind of a genuine good earnest kind of guy you know and and hearing some of the stories you know, the things that i remember about Devonte, it's not really funny stories but just hearing him talk about uh his upbringing and, and the kind of stuff that was sort of normal for him you know uh the, the, the being out in the streets and hearing gunshots and seeing drug dealers and seeing all that that kind of you know really bad stuff that you don't want kids to see and and he sort of acknowledged like man you know I, I could have just as easily not made it. I could have just as easily been one of those guys. And and you know how fortunate he felt to uh, to have made it out there. And, and you could tell that he was really proud uh, to be making something of himself and, and having success. You know, I still think back to uh, the the hard knocks episode with the, the Falcons a couple of years ago. I think it was his rookie year when he was shopping for apartments, and he was going around looking at those the, the apartments, and, and they were they were nice, right? I mean, they were they were they were fine, but they were nothing special. But to him, it was just like this incredible. Uh, you know new world that he was living in and they contrast that which i i I believe harry douglas who lived you know like in in like a mansion in the suburbs or whatever they kept going back and forth and it was just really kind of endearing to see uh you know his perspective on life and uh, i I suspect after today he'll be moving to a new place if he hasn't already
0: but he'll still be grounded because that's the kind of kid that he is
4: Uh, oh yeah i I absolutely i agree with that
0: i guess i got to stop calling him a kid (laughs) that's the kind of man that he is Anyway, uh, congratulations to Devontae Freeman, Xavier Rhodes we talked about. Those are certainly two – those could be two bullet points at the top of uh, Jimbo Fisher's recruiting uh, resume, so to speak, when he goes out or or when he's talking to prospects because, as I just mentioned to Keith, and it's been well chronicled, I mean, Xavier came up as a receiver – and Jimbo got him over to the other side of the ball, and now look what he's making. And Devontae was not on anybody's radar until Tom, Jimbo offered Tom, him. Tom
1: called him a zero-star recruit. <laughs> I think he was. I don't think he had
0: any stars until Jimbo. Nobody, they were looking at the starter. He was the backup, and Jimbo said the backup's better than the starter.
4: And I remember where both those guys are from. You can bet they'll uh, they'll make some noise about that, too.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing about Jimbo, and this, uh, I'm really we're digressing because we need to talk about this year's team tim which we really haven't done much of today but you know when jimbo was head coach in waiting he still got to go out and scout and and visit the recruits you know there's he calls it the lazy man's rule head coaches can't go out as much as assistant coaches right. but for that time where he was tagged with the head coach and waiting thing he still could and if you look at who they brought in in his first class like a Lamarcus Joyner, and maybe Xavier Rhodes. I don't remember. That's part of the reason he was able to identify those guys. If it was up to Jimbo, he'd change those rules so head coaches could be on the road as much. All right, enough about that, Tim. Sorry, I'm done with my soliloquy. There. Um, we've had open practice. We've had media day. We've had Jimbo be in a good mood after every practice when he's talking. Not to the a media. single bad
1: comment. Yet. What in the world is going on?
4: Well, I mean, you know, I think the the simple answer is maybe the most accurate I think he's pretty pleased with the way things have gone he likes the attitude he likes the, the way guys are competing I think you know at this point if you were at the open practice he'd probably agree that the, the idea that the defense is maybe a little bit ahead of the offense with some exceptions uh certainly uh, at receiver those guys look really good uh and that's kind of where you want to be uh there's still a long way to go but I, I think you know based on what he said and also kind of some of those reactions I think that in his mind they're where he wants them to be at this point uh, you know, if you if you have a checklist that you go down during fall camp, I think he's checked off all his boxes.
0: Yeah, which is good to hear. I mean, I, I we've already predicted though that after the scrimmage this weekend, that uh, even if it's the best scrimmage in the history of scrimmages, that Jimbo will find something to be grumpy about. Don't you think? I mean, we've got to have the shift here.
4: Uh, maybe. You know, I'm not as big of a believer in that. I know a lot of people sort of like have their uh, their their bingo sheets as for when Jimbo's going to change tones or do whatever. I, I, I believe it or not, I really don't buy into that. I kind of think that he's a little more straightforward than people give him credit for. If he sees something that he doesn't like, he'll let you know about it. But if you see something he likes, uh, I, I don't think he fakes it as much as, as some other people think, but you never know. I mean, look, you're going to have bad days in camp. If nothing else, just the grind and the wear and the heat of everything are going to slow things down at some point. And I think as a coach, you, in a way, maybe you don't even mind that because you want to see how they deal with the adversity and in the, in the difficult situation. So uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe that'll happen, but I, I'm, I'm not exactly, you know, banking on
1: the two concerns uh, from a fan base, uh, and, and one Jimbo has specifically said not to be concerned about, and that's depth at wide receiver. But depth at wide receiver and progress of the offensive line. How would you uh, categorize the first week of camp for those two segments?
4: Well, uh, we'll start with the wide receivers. I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say what what Lawrence Dossy said on Sunday was that, you know, this is probably the numbers-wise the thinnest group that they've had since he's been here. But in the same breath, he said that this is maybe also the most talented group of receivers we've had since since Lawrence Mossy's been here as well too. So, and you know, when that's pretty uh, pretty heavy praise when you consider some of the guys that have been here, Rashad Green, Calvin Benjamin, some of those other players. So. To me, when you look at the uh, open practice on Sunday and what those guys are able to do and some of their track records, if everybody stays healthy, meaning the, the, the top three, Nyquan, Murray, Auden, Tate, and Keith Gavin, I think those three have pretty much established themselves as your, your base three receivers, if you will. If those guys can stay healthy, I think you're in pretty good shape. And look, it wasn't all that long ago the 2013 team kind of had the same type of questions, right? You had Rashad Green, Kelvin Benjamin, and Kenny Shaw. And beyond that, there were some question marks. Now those guys had the benefit of staying healthy for the entire year. Which was a pretty big deal. I mean, imagine that, you know, imagine that season if Kelvin Benjamin or Rashad Green goes down early in the year. Maybe they still win the national title, but it wouldn't have been as easy. Uh, so it, it's a big ask to keep everybody on the field. But if they can, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, on the offensive line front, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see. Uh, you know, Jimbo swears up and down that he's going to see some improvement from Alec Everly. He's, he's kind of, you know, led on that last year Alec was, was a little bit more hurt than people realize, had a hip issue that he's had corrected, and has since, you know, gotten that worked out. Uh, bigger, stronger, and more importantly, not in pain. So to me, that's a really good thing. Uh, I like moving Landon Dickerson over to the left side. He's another guy that you know, when when he was healthy, that line was actually doing okay. Uh, so moving him over there, I think, is a good thing as long as if, if he's fully recovered from his knee injury, which just sounds like it is, he is. he haven't had any indication that he's not. Uh, they'll probably be all right. Uh, you know, the two tackle spots, you know, be you know, question still probably for the remainder of fall camp. But right now, they're working a lot with Rick Leonard and Derek Kelly. Uh, and both those guys have a lot of experience and, you know, hopefully they can kind of you know, continue to improve over the next few weeks. But I don't think that situation is as, as gloomy as some folks would, would think. Uh, again, if, assuming that the Dickerson's who we think he can develop into and if, if Everly is in for the improvement that Jimbo seems to expect, I think they can hold their own.
1: I have a theory. Uh, I've not discussed it with Tom. I've not discussed it with you. This will be the first time and this is going to sound like, and, and probably I guess I am, throwing a couple of players under the bus, but of the 36 sacks last year, you know, and Jimbo Bristles, when you start talking about all of that's on the offensive line, he talks about running backs picking up blocks. He talks about receivers running the right route. I'm willing to bet you that half of those 36 sacks were, were Bobo and Kermit mistakes. And what I mean by that, they were so notorious for screw-ups and boneheaded plays that part of the reason why Jimbo's happy with the offensive line and happy with the receiver core through this much of the 2017 season is they don't make those mistakes. Is that is that a fair critique?
4: Uh, I think it's a good theory. I don't know, you know, I don't have the same eye you do as far as the receivers blocking and that sort of thing. But, you know, we do know that, that- – receivers blocking is a really big priority for both Jimbo and Lawrence Dossie to the point where they really don't want to play you if if they can't count on you to do it. Uh, and, and of course, you know, blocking is a it's a team thing. It's not just those five guys up front. It wasn't I'm talking receivers. about their route running. Yeah,
1: you're talking no, about... Oh, I thought, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about... I'm talking blocking. about their route running. Yeah, right. They would run the wrong route a third of the time. Well, that doesn't help. No, you're right. <laughs> I, don't know well, if,
0: I don't know if I'd get to a, a total of half the sacks, but I would agree that was some of it. Now, Bobo was hurt halfway through the year, and then you had Nooney, and the reason Nooney hadn't played earlier is because he made those sort of mistakes. So, it, you know, in hindsight, it's good that Nooney got five or six games at the end of the year to play a lot of reps. Just a theory.
4: Well, well sure. Well, unless to, to, to wrap that up real quick, you know, a lot of the, the critique has been, you know, people say, well, Francois, he's hanging on to the ball too long. Well, expecting a receiver to be somewhere and him not being there is a pretty good reason to hold on to the ball too there long. There ain't nowhere to
1: go with it.
4: Right, right. And, 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 you, and you have to think fast when you, you know, everything's so timing-based timing, timing based and precision-based. If the guy's not where even close to where he's supposed to be, you know, now you've got a problem and and that's a big ask for a player who was a, a redshirt freshman, don't forget, a year ago. And, you know, he, he's a lot more experienced now. But for the first, you know, what quarter of the season, he was learning on the job, too.
0: I'm going to throw something out in defense of uh, DeAndre a little bit here, too uh that they won't talk about a whole lot but but by all accounts deandre has looked really good this fall deandre missed a lot of practice time last year that wasn't discussed because he was hurt and if you're missing practice and missing reps as a youngster as as a a youngster youngster, it's harder to develop on game day because you don't trust what you see so i think that's one of the theories that's got to be mixed in there somewhere and i don't know how much he missed but i know he missed some because he was pretty banged up for a while all right so all that said Sticking with the receivers, Tim, and, and and you talked about the talent there. The two freshmen have both made uh, they've both gotten positive reviews thus far. Uh, now, is that just because there's a shortened rotation, so they're getting more reps, and we're seeing them more, or would they be there even if there were another three or four scholarship guys uh, in that segment group right now?
4: Well, I think there's no doubt that the the numbers have led to increased opportunities for those guys. But to their credit, it sounds a lot like they've taken advantage of those opportunities. Especially, you know, I want to single out to Morion Terry, who by all accounts has really surprised and really impressed uh, over the first week or so. And when you look at him out there, I mean, he just looks really, really impressive. He he looks just physically like a guy, you know, he was an under-the-radar type of recruit from a small town in Georgia that you know, not many people really picked up on. And he was a, a late addition for Florida State. But just looking at him out there, you think, man, this guy should have been, you know, at least a, a four-star kind of sec acc offer kind of guy and and you know he he looks like a a, a big physical receiver not all that dissimilar uh looking feel you know, from afar from odd and tate uh which is a, a pretty big contrast to dj matthews is a, a smaller guy he looks like you probably would like for him to put on some weight before you're going to play him full-time uh but brings a, a different skill set you know whereas terry can go up and get the ball the way tate can uh, dj matthews uh you know n- not as big but also really really shifty really smooth it's kind of fun to watch him in those drills as just looks you know you know how some guys when when they move and, and cut and all that kind of stuff that looks like they're doing it really effortlessly without thinking about it uh, that's kind of what he looks like and so uh, I'll be curious to see which one of those guys makes an impact I suspect one of them probably will if not both uh, my guess right now would be Terry just because of those physical skills, but I wouldn't rule out Matthews either. But but to me, I, I think if you were to ask who, you know, one of the surprises and pleasant surprises of the first week or so at camp, I think Terry's got to be on that list.
1: I got tickled at Jimbo in his post-game comments yesterday, after yesterday's Tuesday's practice, when he's talking about DJ being held out because he had a hamstring problem. He said, he's so skinny. His legs are so skinny, I didn't even know he had a hamstring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got a question for you, Tim. We'll move off of football here. As the Seminoles.com insider, the women's basketball team is in Italy right now, and the men's basketball team is in Jamaica, and you're covering football practice. So
4: (laughs) how did that happen?
0: I think we need more boots on the ground in Europe or in the Caribbean, don't we?
4: Well, I think what needs to happen is that Sue Semrau or or Leonard Hamilton needs to come back uh, and and preach to Jimbo the virtues of overseas practice time and, and, and camp time and how great a foundation that lays and what what fantastic team building it is so if, if if jimbo ever you know pulls a jim harbaugh and, and goes to rome or wherever for an extended period of time maybe that could work out otherwise it's going to be hard for me to get away in august
1: well while we're away from current let me, football
0: let me just add real quick that those are the once every four year trips yeah. that teams can take and, and yeah. we won't get
1: into it now but those will
0: be a good thing because you get extra practice time for the women and men go ahead Keith. all right
1: since we've gotten away from 2017 uh, and we're flashbacking a little bit. You had an opportunity to visit uh, with Bobby Butler, who we had on the show uh, a couple of segments ago. Uh, just be interested in your take and your impression, because uh, I think that you you that was the first time you'd had in- encountered him or met him. Correct?
4: That's right. That's right. And also, I, I also talked to uh, Derek Gibson. A lot of folks remember was a safety in the late '90s, won a national title, and it was his first round pick himself stuff. Both those guys. Uh, came back to Florida State, completed their degrees, which is a really cool thing. Uh, you know, the the thing that jumped out to me about Bobby especially, Derek too, but Bobby especially, is just the, the bridge in, in generations between now and, and back in the late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, over the summer, Josue Matias did the same program these two guys did, came back and completed his degree. And while that's a, a fantastic accomplishment, you know, school's not all that different now than it was when Josue was here just a couple of years ago. Well, it's a lot different than it was when Bobby Butler got here uh, in 1997 or 1977, excuse me, right? You know, I was asking him about it. He said, look, you know, when we were here, there were no personal computers, no Microsoft Word, no PowerPoint, none of that. So for him, he had to completely relearn uh, the way that he was going about it. Uh, and so, you know, for him to kind of kind of put forth that dedication to, to relearn how to learn how to be a college student, so to speak, I thought really spoke well of him, and especially because, you know, and Keith, you know this, uh, he didn't need his degree to better his life. He was successful in football, was successful away from the field. You know, The guy is set. Uh, but the, what he said to me was he, he realized he had been hard on his kids about their education their entire lives, made sure that they went to school, got their good grades, and got their degrees. And then one day he said it dawned on him they had their degrees and he didn't have his. And he didn't much like feeling like a hypocrite. Uh, so he, he decided to, to go through the process and get his degree. So I thought that was pretty cool. Really, really great guy. Had a lot of good things to say about you, which I assume Keith were mostly lies, but he said them anyway. (laughs)
1: I appreciate that,
0: felt. <laughs> Uh With that said, we've got to cut you off. Keith's giving me that death stare. So thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. <laughs> our, our Seminoles.com insider, go to Seminoles.com for all your Florida State camp coverage, uh, not just football, but soccer season underway. The fall season is upon us. And a matter of fact, soccer and uh, volleyball will get started in terms of game action before football does. We need to uh, react to the big news uh, in the business world yesterday that uh, will have a huge impact, potentially on the ACC network. We'll do that when Front Row Knowles rolls on.
3: We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control.
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener online at CTF.nu. Here's Tom and Keith.
0: I have this image on days when Keith wants to be delayed getting back to the house, with due respect to Kathy, that you just stop in Cornerstone Tool and Faster and you wander around I browse.
1: Actually, I was there
0: yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> See? And I didn't even know that, I but
1: just, I, just, I know, was.
0: you're just looking. They've got two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue, 3269 Crawfordville Highway. You can visit them online at ctf.nu, call them at 580-1200, or just pass the time on your way home from the office every day right yeah,
1: i was meeting with ron yesterday and wandering through and i've got lunch with with chris tomorrow <laughs> and and there you go <laughs> i may go to work there
0: <laughs> <laughs> would that mean i don't have to work with you anymore on Wednesdays? no no all right i was hoping hey um news yesterday in the uh in the tech and business world uh because disney had to report its uh quarterly earnings and and all this news came out and Without getting too technical into it, basically the the Cliff's notes is Disney and ESPN have announced, as has long been rumored and expected, they're gonna now, they're gonna uh, launch their own uh, over the top service. 2018, I think, is the ESPN version. 2019, a Disney version. What does that mean? It means that you're gonna have another player in that Netflix, Hulu, whatever market. And considering Disney owns half of what's on your cable lineup anyway, right now. That's going to be the one that ultimately people are going to
1: move to. And it means because they have control of it, the ACC network just rides that coattail right into however many millions of that ends up being. If
0: I truly wanted to be an ACC homer, Keith, since you and I have been on board with the ACC network despite the skeptics, we could say that Disney has built its entire future model around the
1: launch of the ACC network. Uh, I think that would be a stretch, but certainly the ACC network has uh, benefited from – let, let's just be fair. Mickey ain't stupid. No, he ain't dumb. No, no, he kind of has an idea of what
0: he's doing. We got to think of something here now. This this would be an area they haven't expanded into with all their property. I mean, they have on the movie side. Do we have the ACC and the SEC represented at the theme parks yet? I mean, we need a Swafford roller coaster or something. I mean, I mean, we could pick our favorite ACC characters. So we put Feinbaum? On, Maybe this we is, put
1: Feinbaum on one of those things where you hit the thing and he drops down into a bucket okay, of okay so they have they have disney's wide world of
0: sports maybe that needs to become a theme park and they've got sec and acc themed rides and competitions maybe I think you could rent
1: them. you could rent uh go-karts or or things that
0: fine you know, bomb needs to just be in the dunk tank i mean that, that's, that's where, where every, i was going yeah that's where everybody wants fine bomb is just in the dunk tank i don't know i mean they're they're talking about it. you're right though they're not they're not dumb and uh i, I when you look at the re- i mean there's so many zeros attached in that report it's like okay
1: It'll it'll work well, out. Well, and as we've discussed, despite the viewership "quote unquote" of uh, of the traditional delivery, the cable cutting, uh, you know, ESPN is still monstratively profitable. They're they're talking about right. problems down the road, right? And issues like this, I, where they gain they gain subscribers through other platforms, yeah, it just makes it very interesting.
0: Here is where Disney can improve uh, the whole cord cutting experience let's be honest for us old fat lazy guys we like the remote and being able to sit there and just change the channel and it is more of a challenge with an apple tv or a hulu to figure out what you're looking for it's not quite as easy as the guide system that's integrated into your satellite or cable tv that's where if you're listening right now disney fix that for they us.
1: probably got an app for that
0: they probably do or like a magic band or something get you into your hotel room surely there's a way that i can change the channel on my apple tv while i'm sitting well,
1: there. well you can do it with the uh is it no. ec- the echo it's is not the google you can- echo you can just call it's not that you commands? can't
0: change it it's just that it's a little more cumbersome than what the Here's established your, system
1: has been your new remote has a name it's called nolan <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He'll figure it out for you. Actually, we have Alexa at the house now. So maybe well, I was a- going Echo and you got Alexa. Yeah. And yeah. So maybe Alexa
0: can, can solve my problems. Uh, clearly you cannot. And I'm just adding to and the what, laundry list for both what, of us. What are we going to do with Siri? I, I don't know. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll be back with Alexa and Siri and Echo and everything else next week on
1: Front Row. See See ya. <laughs>